0: places together, here we believe that our stories are connected to one another and rooted in God's radical love for diverse creation. Wherever you are, whoever you are, however you are, take a deep breath. Here's a story for you, a story called Tapping Into Apprenticeship. Today's episode is an interview with someone who I just think is really stinking cool. I'm so excited for you to listen in on our conversation about faith, about dance, and how we can become more like Christ as we grow. And as soon as you come to understand how I landed on this name tapping into his apprenticeship, I know you're going to groan. Andrew Nemmer is an interdisciplinary artist, teacher, and speaker. His work has spanned music, dance, theater, and visual arts worlds, exploring art as a vehicle for storytelling, community building, and caring for people. Andrew is currently located in Boise, Idaho, and Andrew and I are both in that Seeds Fellowship that I had talked about a few episodes ago. So that's how we got connected. Andrew, welcome to All Places Together. I'm so happy you're here.
1: Thank you for having me, Colleen. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: So my first question is, how does someone become a professional tap dancer? Many children like myself grow up taking dance classes and many of us may dream of becoming a professional dancer, but very few of us actually achieve that. So how did it unfold for you?
1: I started in a very similar fashion, a local dance studio. I'm an only child and my folks thought it would be a good idea for me to do something with other kids. Uh And there was a there was a dance studio right by uh, where we lived. So I went, I watched, uh, I liked it enough to, uh, to say that I wanted to sign up. And I was, I was three and a half and my folks kept me in on the conversation. Then uh, I kind of got hooked. Uh, dance became the thing where I thought I could do something well if I was going to do it at all. Uh, so mm-hmm. the, the drive for achievement or just doing good work uh, got triggered in me at a very young age. But then, uh, nine years old, I saw the movie Tap, which starred Sammy Davis Jr., Gregory Hines, and a very young Savion Glover.
0: Oh, yeah, I've seen that. That's, yeah.
1: And that movie flipped me. Uh, in most... Uh, Most dancers in in kind of my world, there's this moment where we see the craft for something that we've never seen before. Um, And watching the movie Tap was that moment for me. I saw improvisational dancers for whom their dancing seemed to come out of their personality just very authentically. Uh, They were all different. They all had uh, just ways about them that was that was very specific. And that was dramatically different from my experience in my dance school, where most of the dancers just had to dance the same as everybody else.
0: Oh yeah, that was like the whole thing, right? You've got to match, you've got to be in sync, you have matching costumes at the recital. Like you want to be uniform, one sound.
1: Totally. So at that moment after watching the film, I kind of had this thing in my mind to say I want to become a tap dancer. And now I now I have multiple models of what a tap dancer might be. And I had a set of exceptionally encouraging parents who, Mm. even though they were never encouraged in their own artistic pursuits, uh, saw fit to encourage mine. You know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, Within a year of watching the movie, I met Gregory Hines and Savion Glover.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, it's like, you know, at that point, there's nothing that I necessarily did or my parents necessarily did to facilitate that other than show up when the opportunity presented itself.
0: Yeah, but showing up is huge. I mean, that's often one of the hardest things to do in life.
1: Definitely. Um, And I'm very thankful. You know, I'm At this stage, 10 years old. So, (laughs) you know, showing up for me is asking my parents if we can go to a thing and them saying yes.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Taking time out of the work schedule, the school schedule to make it happen. Yeah.
1: Right. And so I meet Gregory and I meet Savion and uh, my life just snowballs. They take a liking to me. Um, Within a few months of meeting them, I start working with Savion uh, in a series of intensives that he started to run. And I start chasing Gregory around. Mm. Over the course of a few years, they start kind of bringing me into their worlds and introducing me to their own mentors. So throughout the course of my, my teenage years, I got a chance to meet most of the people who I saw in the movie Tap.
0: Wow, yeah, that's really cool.
1: And the, I mean, the way that I like to talk about is is just I had this experience of being grafted into the world of tap dance.
0: Grafted in—that's such like a biblical image. At least for me, I'm not—I'm really terrible at growing plants. So oftentimes when I hear plant metaphors, I'm like, oh, that's about the Bible. Um, Even though the Bible (laughs) is actually really talking about the plants that I'm terrible at caring for. Um, But that grafting in, yeah, of. Yeah, we talk about that. The Bible talks about that a lot, about, like, grafting into the body of Christ and what that means to then, like, grow with someone um, and grow as a community.
1: It's a, it's a very common term used in oral traditions at large. Mm. And that's, that's where I first was introduced to that and the, just the idea. And that's been the majority of my experience in the tap dance world post-dance school. this idea of mentorship, apprenticeship, you know, learning, learning things that are unwritten um, from people who have embodied the practice.
0: So what does that kind of on a practical level, like what does that look like in the flow of like a week? And then I also am kind of curious too, like, what are the relational components that like come out when you're spending that much time with a person. Um, I imagine you're picking up more than just uh, dance skills. Like I imagine you're picking up other things from their personality or their perspective or those types of things.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they're laying it down too, to be picked up. So Mm. in the, in the tap dance world, Especially on the improvisational side, where dancers are discovering things that they like and holding on to ideas in their craft work that differentiate them from the dancer that's right next to them. Those ideas are coming from their perspective and their preferences, and ultimately their personality, like the way that they have been formed over time. And so if you're being apprenticed or being mentored by a particular dancer, one of the things that I've experienced is that their material, the, th- the actual steps that they're teaching you, don't really come to life unless you take on a little bit of their personality. For mm. example, some steps are really difficult, and they often come from dancers who have a streak of stubbornness in them. I love that. Right? Because, because like, you have
0: to be stubborn in order to stick with it to get it or you just quit, right?
1: Right. If you really want it, yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to have a little bit of an edge on you um, t- to hold on long enough to get the thing that you want. Yeah. And so you learn that alongside the process of trying to achieve the step, trying to get the dancing to come to life.
0: Hmm. Yeah. So as you learned from all of these teachers, was it hard to develop like your own voice is the word that's coming to mind, but maybe like style, like as like what it means to be Andrew versus just having to imitate?
1: Sure. And I think I think voice is voice is a, a great word. Because tap dancing is audible,
0: mm, that's right? true. So there's yeah.
1: there's a there's a speaking aspect, and we use we use the metaphor of language a lot. Uh, when I was learning, and now as a as a teacher, um, and yeah, there's you know there's a, there's a cycle of kind of mimicry, embodiment, and then expression that happens uh, as as one develops as a dancer, and so years it was mimicry it was do do what your teacher does and then there's a there's a time of well okay i can do what my teacher does without having to watch them Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and beyond that there's a time of well all i have is what my teachers used to do do i actually like this do i do i is there joy there? Is the, are these the things that I want to be saying through my dancing? And once that third process starts to get going, uh, for me, it required a lot of time alone, solitude with my dancing so that I wouldn't be continually affected by the voices of others, but started to listen more inwardly to the voice that would ultimately come out of me.
0: And do you feel like you've like found that voice? Is it something that continues um, in like a steady way? Or does that like change and develop over time?
1: It's interesting. I think other people can see the voice that I've developed more than I can.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. Say more.
1: I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if there's much more to say, other than I can I can feel direct links to my teachers and mentors, and maybe just time that I've spent uh, working something out. Yeah. More than seeing something that's you know completely unique or very different than what others are doing, or you know I feel I feel much more uh, connected and similar. I guess, than how somebody else might perceive me.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Like, cause you can be like, oh, I got um, this shuffle from this teacher or that combo from that teacher and you've put it together in a different way. Um, but maybe someone on the outside doesn't know all of those little intricacies. So they're like, oh, this is Andrew
1: totally and and for me there's there's an analogy there that's like well everybody uses language mm-hmm. so we're we're all we're all similar in that way and yeah. then we're differentiated in maybe the actual language or maybe just the vocabulary that we use or maybe we're using similar vocabulary but we like to put it in different spots when we create sentences and paragraphs and when we when we speak with one another so and I think for for a lot of my journey I've been more interested in what makes us similar than what differentiates us
0: Mm.
1: so I always lean that way
0: yeah I think at the end of the day all people have a lot in common even if it gets expressed very differently throughout our individual lives. Like we all want to be loved. We all, you know, have physical needs that need tending to. We all want to have meaning in our life. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think that's something that's worthwhile remembering, but can but can be forgotten.
0: Yes. Very easily. I know I forget it from time to time for sure.
1: Yeah, totally.
0: So dance has been a part of your life, like essentially forever yeah and i know that faith has been a part of your life for a long time as well and so i wonder if there's parallels or intersections that you experience between dancing and your faith journey
1: oh gosh they're all over the place
0: what are some of the few that like bubble up (laughs) for you first or that are particularly meaningful or powerful
1: uh so the the I think the, the, the things that come to mind immediately are the idea of something that's embodied, Mm -hmm. uh, something that you, we live out, uh, in our actions. It's not, you know, in tap dance land, you can think that, you know, what you're doing, but if it, if you go to do it and it doesn't sound right, it didn't happen. Yeah. And so similarly in, in my, my faith journey, you know, there have been many times where I, I will think that I believe a certain thing and yet I look at my actions and they are not reflective of that particular belief.
0: Oh yeah. Preach.
1: And so I, I have to pause.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, the first question I ask myself is, okay, well, what do I really believe? if somebody were to see these actions, what would they think I actually believe? So then the question becomes, what do I need to do? What, are, what do I need to practice so that my actions in a particular area of life reflect the beliefs that I say I believe?
0: Yeah. And like, and practice even just the use of the word, like that is... So accurate, right? Yeah, both about dancing and with our faith, like how that becomes embodied and lived out from our heart, our mind, how that works together for faith and dance, too. Yeah. Yeah,
1: they're, they're, they are both activities that are formative. It, we, I, I go into rehearsal. I have a solo like a practice session on my own in tap dance land in order to become a particular kind of dancer. My faith is supposed to make me a particular kind of person. In light of my own makeup, like my own personality, my own history, all that stuff comes into play, but there's also a kind of goal that because I believe in Jesus, and because I'm literally attempting to follow him, the outcome should be a particular quality or particular kind of life. And it wasn't until I, I landed on the, the work of Dallas Willard that I started to see very clear connections between the experience that I had in tap dance land and what my faith journey could be like i got i got frankly super excited
0: i just love hearing like the energy in your voice around saying about how when you first came in contact with willard's work because it it would just sounded like a very similar energy when you're talking about when you saw the movie tap like that there have been like these pivotal moments in your life where it's you come in contact with someone, something, a school of thought, this experience, and it's like, oh, this is what life could be.
1: It was almost exactly the same, right? Like the the movie Tap presented dancers who were in their 60s, 70s, and 80s who exuded knowledge. (laughs) Like you could tell by the way that they moved – They knew. And for me, uh, reading Dallas's books, listening to the lectures that are available online that he's given over many, many years, felt very, very similar. And moment in time in my life when I landed on Dallas's work was actually not the best time in my life. I was coming out of extreme burnout. I was... uh, trying to piece together things that had essentially just broken apart. And Dallas's voice was very, very soft and very, very gentle. And his softness and gentleness never took off the edge of the reality that he was trying to present.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that was exceptionally important for me he wasn't just trying to, you know, comfort me. He was presenting a different way of going through life in a way that I could hear in a state of, you know, hurt and pain. And it lined up exactly to this idea of apprenticeship, which I was very familiar with. And even the idea of, the transference of personality and content and context in the apprenticeship model.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what you did for all of those years with your tap dancing. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And so, so when Dallas says we get to be apprentices with Jesus, yeah. my brain lights up and I'm like, oh, that makes total sense.
0: Yeah, like I know what this looks like and like even as you're saying this um you know thinking that Jesus as a carpenter like he would have been an apprentice in his teen years like growing up and then what he did with the disciples when he became a rabbi and a faith leader he becomes um you know the teacher and then the disciples are like an apprentice. So Jesus himself would have also been on both sides of this. Apprenticeship relationship.
1: Totally. And the apprenticeship model is or would have been way more common in Jesus's time. And is way more common in particular pursuits. Electrician, plumber, welder, like the crafts that exist, artists often end up in apprenticeship relationships in order to immerse themselves in their craft, someone who has gone along the way before them. Mm-hmm. And similarly, um, for me at least, in, in my faith journey, I can track back to people who I have walked next to, but look to for, for guidance and to see okay, hey, how has Jesus affected you so that I can mimic in a way, right? It's yeah. like, well, if this is the model, let's, let's see. Especially as a young person coming up, right? Now as, now as someone who's older, I'm still looking for the cloud of witnesses and want to, want to offer that at least or, or, or be someone who others can reach out to and say, hey, (laughs) how has this worked for you?
0: Yeah. And knowing that as we listen to the cloud of witnesses, to our elders and companions along the way, knowing that, you know, our lives may look a little bit different. It might be a slightly different circumstance. It's not going to be a cookie cutter thing, Um, but that encouragement, that deep wisdom that assurance of there are people who've been through similar things and have made it out on the other side um, and have grown through these things like that encouragement and witness is so powerful I think that's one of the things that the Bible does for us that we read stories about you know how God was with God's people and all of these different places and then right like as as others post bible times continue to tell their stories it's that same sort of thing of of talking about how god has shown up and how it's come yes. come to be okay in the world you've made it through yeah yeah i th-
1: i think there's a difference between witnessing to god's actions or witnessing to my own life
0: mm hmm
1: Right. So in Tap Dance Land, I apprentice with someone. I am taking on their dancing. Right. In the in faith journey, apprentice with Jesus. So I wanna, I wanna that's the that's the primary voice. And I wanna I wanna be around other apprentices as as a support, right? but I'm not trying to apprentice under them. I'm apprenticing under Jesus. And I think that's, that's an important distinction between at least my own experience in tap dance land and the proposition that, that Dallas opened my eyes to in terms of apprenticing with Jesus.
0: I love how you framed that because a lot of times um, as a pastor, like I think sometimes people can put pastors or deacons or other like church leaders on a type of pedestal and I just I feel like I'm often saying like no y'all like I'm alongside of you like I am Mm -hmm. like also doing this with you like I'm a mess too and so the idea of like I may have particular skills or because I'm paid to do this it means that I have the time to gather resources or you know, do what it takes to open up a space for folks to come together and have a conversation. Um, I may have more like book knowledge, but that doesn't mean that I have any like a more direct access to God or that I have it all figured out. Like, goodness, I do not.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, I I think that's that's common in any leadership situation. Right. Yeah we are, we are all predisposed to follow in some way. And so then it becomes really important for those who, who for me, mm-hmm. for me to say, if I follow Jesus, how do I know that I'm following Jesus and not something else?
0: Yeah. Cause there's a lot right, of something else is out there.
1: Totally, there are tons of things that are like, "Follow me." You really want to come this way. You should be actually con- concentrating on this. And I'm like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait."
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, should I? <laughs> I don't know.
1: <sighs> if and and there's always an, uh you know a, uh, an aspect of motion to life, and motion has direction, and so you're like, "All right, well, if." If I'm following Jesus and we're going this way, I need to go that way. But I also need to be very aware or at least considerate of other things that are pulling at me that may drive me in a particular direction.
0: Yeah. And there are so many things that do that.
1: Yeah. From from past formations to current desires to tons of things.
0: Well, I know that soon you are opening up a space for folks who are artists and also want to develop spiritually as well. I think to start to uh, share some of what you have learned and how you have been impacted and help folks in their journey as well. Um, I was wondering if you could tell us some more about that and share how this new opportunity came to be.
1: Sure. Sure. Very soon, uh, actually, by the time this airs, registration will be open. Um, I will be offering a course on spiritual formation for artists. And it really is my attempt to, to, to summarize in a way and present a lot of the learning that I've gone through connecting the formative aspects of, of tap dance that I went through and the idea of spiritual formation. So just this link, this one, one key element that says the things that we do form us.
0: Mm, yes. And
1: artists have immersive practices. Like we do the thing that we do a lot. <laughs> and yeah. so we're formed by that a lot.
0: Of course.
1: And because Art is a, is, a, is, is a kind of human expression. There is an aspect to discipling the, the formation in the practice, right? We have to know that our art isn't leading us away from following Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That the sensitivities that we develop as artists don't make us, for an example, more angry people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Right. Jesus knows anger and Jesus h- helps us to uh, release, take the edge off and focus that anger towards productive change in the world. Yeah. Not just do it in it.
1: Right. And not just kind of or, or not on the other side. Use our art as a heightened expression to express that anger.
0: hmm.
1: Just because we need to get it out and other people should should see it.
0: I think as an artist, I imagine there's lots of iterations of things that don't ever see the public space, that don't make it into a gallery, that don't make it into a performance, that don't make it onto a record or into a book. Um, And so like, what is that you're needing to create to get it out there? I mean, like out of your body out there. And then like, what is what you're building towards that you really want to be able to share with the world.
1: Yeah. And, and what voice is the primary one when you come to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's, that for me has been a huge learning over the years in terms of as a, as a professional artist or as an artist who has, desires to share their work. There are a number of voices that come around and say, oh, you know, we really like that piece, or you should do something like this, or, you know, have you ever thought of trying this out? Right? Those voices are many.
0: And I bet they're pretty loud sometimes.
1: They can be for sure. And so, you know, thinking through what it's like to have Jesus's voice as the primary one in the midst of that cacophony is a, is a different way. So the, I, the, the key idea behind the course is, to, is just to try and unpack a little bit of this kind of thinking, to, to really dive in and say, okay, what are What are the parts of the person that are formed as we go through life so we can identify them? How do our personal art practices, the things that we do, affect that formation? How do the other voices, when we come to start to share our work, potentially impact that formation? And then how can we envision our art practice and the sharing of the work that we do? that we make in light of a primary pursuit of apprenticing with Jesus.
0: Yeah, I wish everyone could see my face. I'm just like the star-eyed emoji right now, just like imagining <laughs> the like impact that this has or like how fascinating these conversations are going to be like I'm just I'm so excited for the people that you're going to be able to bring together and for them to be able to share their experiences, to learn from you, to learn from one another, to learn from Jesus. Like this just sounds like such an amazing opportunity.
1: I'm super excited. It's the first time that we're launching this course. Thankfully I have, you know, this course wouldn't have even been possible without support from Forefront Festival who are a great group of, um, artists who are committed to following Jesus out of Rochester and with support from the Seeds Fellowship. So, it's it's really uh encouraging to see other people get excited about the possibility that this material uh, might have. And I'm super excited to s- to see what Jesus does in the midst of whoever is ultimately gathered around this for this run.
0: Yeah. It's going to be amazing. So if folks would like to be able to sign up for this course or just connect with you in general, um, how can folks find you online and in the world?
1: Easiest thing is andrewnemmer.com. Just my name. Last name's weird. N-E-M-R. Just four letters, one vowel. AndrewNimmer.com will get you to all the all the places.
0: All the places, all the things. Well we will definitely link that in the show notes.
1: Awesome. Thank you.
0: And I also want to give a particular plug for your Instagram because Andrew shares like snippets of what he's working on tap wise. And it's just like the happiest thing to be, at least it is for me, to be like in the middle of my day or, you know, in the morning or before I'm going to bed and to just get to see you dance and like do your thing. It's just so inspiring. And it's just always such a happy thing to encounter on social media, which is sometimes uh, complicated. So thank you for sharing your joy and your dance in that way. It's, it's really special.
1: That's super sweet. Thank you. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, Andrew, just thank you again for coming on All Places Together and sharing so much of your story with us. It's been very meaningful to me, and I know that it's going to be meaningful to our listeners as well.
1: Thanks again for the opportunity to share. I really appreciate it.
0: A Prayer for Apprenticing Creating God, Jesus learned how to use his hands to create from his Father, and then he called all of us into the holy work of creating his reign on earth. Open our hearts to learn your ways of grace, justice, and hope. May our bodies, our daily work, and our relationships take the form of your radical and inclusive love. Each of us will tap into your spirit in a different way. Help us to see your holiness in each human expression. And whether we wear tap shoes, Crocs, new balances, or have light-up wheelchair wheels, help us to always follow you. Amen. Thank you for joining us at All Places Together. If you heard yourself or someone you know in these stories today, we hope you heard God too. Have you heard that All Places Together is having our first Bible group? I'm so excited! Starting on Monday, September 26th, we'll be gathering on Zoom to explore the stories of the women of Genesis. There'll be four sessions in total, all Mondays at 8 p.m. Also, If you're not able to come to each session, it's no big deal. The material is connected and there'll be some similarities, but you'll be able to join in at any point. You're also welcome to invite a friend to join too. I know it can be hard to show up in a new space alone. Now, while the podcast will certainly be referenced, there's no pre-listening requirement. So assure your friend that they don't need to listen to the entire APT playlist unless they like really want to the link to sign up is on our Facebook and Instagram and you can also email me at allplaces together at gmail.com if that works better for you if you're a Christian leader who has been really intrigued about this seeds fellowship that Andrew and I are a part of please let me know The application for the 2023 year is open, and I'd be happy to talk with you about what this experience has been like for me and whether or not it might be a good fit for you. I'm always grateful to our mission partners, the Virginia Synod, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, and supporters like you who share generously with All Places Together. Your financial contributions enable this podcast and the ministry of All Places Together to happen. If you've not made a gift before and you'd like to, you can give through our website, allplacestogether.org. Scroll to the bottom where it says Give to All Places Together. Click that button and you'll be redirected to our giving platform. We know that it can be hard to give financially. We celebrate all of the ways that you share the stories of All Places Together with the people in your life. And I give thanks each and every time that y'all engage with APT online throughout the week. I hope you'll share this week's episode with the artists in your life. Whether they are professional creators or hobbyists, I think Andrew's story will speak encouragement and spur some deep reflection for them. I kinda also hope that we can all break out the pictures from our childhoods of us in our dance costumes. I'm gonna be sharing mine and I can't wait to see yours. Until next time, remember that God loves you wherever, whoever, and however you are.